Hi, it's John Bernadovich, your host of the H Like a Boss podcast. Welcome to season three. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope of finding what it takes to do HR like a boss. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. And on today's episode, I am joined by a longtime friend, Patty Stump. Patty is currently the head of HR at an amazing organization called Ohio Guidestone in Abrio, Ohio. We'll talk about what she's doing there and, and the work that she's focused in on. And I also have known Patty for a long time. We worked together, not directly, but I was a vendor of hers and a support uh, resource while she was at Invicare. Uh, and I really appreciate having you on the show. Patty, welcome. Thank you. Great introduction. You got it. Well, you're a great person. It's super easy to do. Makes us seem like we have known each other quite a long time. <laughs> I think if we do the math, I think we'll find out maybe it's a little little longer than we both want to admit, right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, which is all good. Mm -hmm. So for those that do not know you, Patty, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your background and some of the work you're doing at Ohio Guidestone. So uh, as John mentioned, he and I connected at Invicare. I spent the uh, majority of my life in manufacturing and some service. And the last two and a half years, I moved over to the nonprofit world, which is um, a, has been a great experience from a giving back. But I do find that HR is the same no matter what type of organization you're in. So making the HR transition was very easy. And the, 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 as long as there's people there, you, run, you have the same kind of challenges, no matter what the name of the organization is. Yeah, or the industry they serve. It's so interesting yes. to hear you say that because I have a lot of clients we do obviously staffing support and they want that specific industry experience because they don't think the skills necessarily translate from one industry to another. So from manufacturing to nonprofit, I'm not sure if there's a bigger potential perception of a dichotomy between industries and you mm -hmm. don't notice much of a difference is what I'm hearing you say. Right. And well, I was fortunate because I came out of a regulated industry in medical device we're, I'm in behavioral health right now, which is highly regulated mental health and substance use disorder treatment. So that was similar. And I mean, at the end of the day, you have people who drive the business and, you know, you've got whether you're making widgets or you're visiting, you know, you're seeing clients and then you have the people who support and, the, you know, you want to, you have a strategy and you want the herd moving in the same direction. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. Any any business's success or unfortunate failure, more times than not, can be pointed to uh, people or a person. So every totally, everyone, right? Totally can appreciate that. And part of the reason why I'm writing the book because we have such an amazing opportunity in HR to make a huge impact, no matter what business that we're serving. And uh, when done the right way, it can be out of this world. And when not done the right way, I guess it can be out of this world for yeah. for totally the opposite reasons. Definitely. So, so, Patty, I always start all my guests out, other than uh, that uh, great introduction and uh, in, in getting a chance to know you, on the uh, purpose of human resources. So how would you describe that in your years of experience? What's, what's the purpose of HR? Well, I guess my philosophy is you take out HR and you plug in central nervous system. And you say, what's the purpose of the central nervous system, right? It's controlling the mind and the body. So... We're involved in the function of the mind, setting strategy. You're always talking about the people. You're monitoring the external environment. You know, like if your finger touches something hot, it sends the message to the brain. The HR team should know what's the environment, what's the pulse of the people, what's going on outside the organization to help direct 
And then ultimately the central nervous system controls the action. So if that, if you touch the hot stove, you're gonna react pretty quickly. So we're also you know, controlling the, getting the people to move in the right direction. No, I, I've never heard that described that way before. It makes a ton of sense, right? Mind Absolutely. and body. Yeah, I have a feeling you just came up with that, Patty. You've been working under that central nervous system mindset uh, in long the time. for a long time. And I, I know that uh, you certainly have had a wonderful career and, and had a lot of great impact on people. I know, I know many friends of yours speak so highly of you, so we all can learn a thing or two. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, as it relates to that central nervous system being so interconnected and, and such an important part of the business and, and the way that it operates, what challenges do you think HR faces in order to achieve that purpose, right? To connect, to connect the mm -hmm. aspects of the business in the way that it does. I think, um, you know, obviously having the right HR people um, embedded in the organization, because if you, if you don't have the credibility and you're not there living in the business, you won't be able to influence the mind. You won't be able to influence that external you know, really understand the environment. So not everyone looks at HR the same way. I'm the first HR person to come to Ohio Guidestone with the type of background that I have. And I've had a number of people say that they didn't know what HR could be until they met me. And my CEO had that, you know, he knew he needed to do something different, which was really moving from transaction to strategic right at the end of the day. That's what you're looking for is, how do we get everyone moving in the same direction and not just worry about checking the boxes? Can we dig into that for a minute? Cause that's mm -hmm. so paramountly important. And uh, now that I say the word paramount, it's funny as I'm writing the book, I'm like 53,000 words into it. The word I use the most is paramount. So I really? don't know, maybe I overuse the word paramount. Yeah. So if you read the book and however, when it comes out, we're going to try to come up with any synonyms for paramount. So if anybody's listening, if you can give me a, a Another word for paramount, vital was the one that I most recently changed. That to, works but, too. So anyway, in, in that respect, so like how, how do we, how do, how did your CEO have the foresight to say, I needed to change kind of a transactional oriented HR function to being more strategic and recognizing you as a business leader and being able to one that, to, to make that transformation. What, what really drove that you think in, in your CEO being able to see that and take action around it? I think um, his dream probably, my first meeting with him. So we have about um, 1,500 employees. We're a large nonprofit. And he said, you know, I want to have 2,000 employees. I, we're a 100 million agency now. I want to be 200 million. And, and he says, I need something different to help us get there. And I think that was it. He had a dream and he knew he needed to do something different to be able to achieve it because it wasn't happening. You know, it, he got it. He knew what he, it what got to the certain point, but whether you need to, to take it further. And he recognized and, some things that were missing. And one of the key points was around people. So he did, he did the, at least in my mind, I know when I went through transformation and growing my firm, one of the mainstays of us doing that is by people. Mm -hmm. And when you recognize, okay, if we're going to add more people to this, it's going to end up maybe under the current structure failing because we're just putting more stress on a system that's maybe not ready to scale. Right. I'm just curious, do you think that's how he saw that and understood in order for me to get to that level, we're going to add 25% more employee population, but we're not able to, to have the capacity for that. So we have to, in essence, up our capabilities in HR. 
Yeah, and we definitely had those conversations, you know, what can the foundation support what we need to do? And he, 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 he said I would be a kid in a candy store when I got here. And he's been right, because I'm having a great time. There is so much to, I can work 24 seven and still not get it done, but it's all great. And the agency grew pretty quickly, but it outgrew itself, you know, it kind of outpaced that foundation and the infrastructure piece. So agency-wide we're working on that, but in my own department, I'm working on that. And it's been just, it's been an awesome, good time so far. So how did you learn to do that? To I know knowing your background and understanding where you started at Invacare, entry-ish level job in HR, just grew through the mm-hmm. ranks over time just by doing things the right way and treating people the right way. How did you learn that a barrier in HR is really transactionally focused, compliant focused mindset? How were you able to yourself move from that? And maybe you always have been that, I, I, I can't say for sure, but how did you or would others go through that transition from transactional compliance centric to strategic business driven? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think when you start, like you think about I, the light bulb went off for me in college. I was part, I was a psychology major and I thought I'm going to be a psychologist. And I was invited to be part of an interview team to choose resident advisors. So we interviewed all these people, right? And then we got to, we all made our recommendations on who we thought. And then next year we got to come back and see them in action. And I, at that point, I was like, the decisions we made impact, like, and I changed at that point. I went into my advisor and I said, I want to, I'm going for HR. Like it just was, the it changed my view because I saw what an impact we could have. So, I mean, I can't say that I've always, you don't always come in at that level, but I always, I, I was lucky enough to have that experience that I could see the consequence or the benefit of a decision that was made about a person. And I now, thought- do you think the other student, I'm oh, sorry. How's that plays on a bigger scale, right? Is every conversation, there's not one conversation that goes on in a boardroom anywhere in the world that doesn't talk about people. It always lands there because you can't get anything done without people. And you got to have the right people. Yeah, no, I, I totally am with you. And I'm, I'm just curious as to, do you think you were the only psychology student that uh, connected that dot between the impact of making a decision on hiring X advisor and then, then a year later having the foresight to say, oh, wow, look at how impactful they're being, good or bad, right? Yeah, I was the only one on that interview team, I can say that. But okay. there's a ton of psychology majors in HR. And, and you get it, like the, the whole people side, like right now I'm in heaven, right? I got a psychology major. I'm in an organization that provides mental health care. Like, and I'm talking about people. It's, it's like the best of all possible worlds. Sure. So how do you make an impact, the biggest impact on your employees and your organization? So people are at the center of that, no matter if you're in manufacturing environment, nonprofit, fill in the blank industry, how, how are you seeing HR being able to have that greatest impact on, on the business and on the employees? So really, you get the best result out of somebody who's doing their best work. And I think, I don't, I think it might've been Virgin Atlantic, right? Happy customers is your, is the best way to grow your business. And that is so true. Our role and part of our role is we need to help build create, maintain an environment where people can do their best work. Because if people do their best work, 
everybody wins. And doing their best work means that they are skilled, that they are free to be themselves, that we are you know, encouraging that, we're holding accountability, all of those pieces kind of come together. And that's where I think we can really be driving. If we're not paying attention to culture right now, particularly right now, we're, we're really missing out. Yeah, no, it's so important. And, and, and being able to connect all those things together, especially while people are balancing all that's going on with the, the current landscape with COVID and the changes in our society. I, mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree with you, 100%. So well, let's go back to that, uh, that psychology student back in college mm-hmm. and kind of take yourself back just a few years, Patty, just a few. And if you could give yourself some advice now, or back then, excuse me, knowing what you know now, what would that be? So the simplest of all advice is the serenity prayer. Okay. And, you know, when I remember when I walked in, I started in the temporary help world and, you know, you just come in guns a blazing and you want to make a difference. And then I got to be at Invocare and I wanted to fix everything and all these opportunities I saw. And one of my mentors gave me the serenity prayer when I got promoted to the senior VP job at Invacare. And it's like, what could be better? You know, grant me the serenity and to accept wisdom, all of those things. Like if you went into life knowing that, accept what you can't control, what you can control. I mean, that you can't lose. Yeah. Courage and wisdom and just having mm-hmm. that foresight. I think that that's awesome. No, I appreciate it. It still hangs that. on my wall. It's not hanging yet because I'm in my new office, but it's hung on my wall every day since he gave it to me. Just a great reminder. Oh, that's awesome. No, how cool. Well, Patty, you've been fantastic. I'm going to get you out of here on my last question, which is a standard. So the book is called HR Like a Boss and the podcast is as well. So I'm curious how you would describe someone that does HR Like a Boss. So I think, first of all, you have to speak in business language, not HR language. And I'd like to think of myself as a business person first and then an HR person, right? And I think really exercising authority and speaking with authority because we in HR have every right and have to be at every table. So we need to embrace it and act like it. Right. And so that's what bosses do. They speak with authority. They lead with authority. So that's what we do and what should be doing in HR. Managerial mm-hmm. courage, all of those things, I think, translate every day. I, I, I really want I, I, that was my last question, but I'm going to add one more to it because you, you, you hit on something that's really interesting to me, because when I asked that question before, if you could give yourself some advice you know, back when you first started your career, that knowing what you know now, many times people talk about, I want to have more confidence, right? And without that confidence, my guess is you don't have a sense of authority and you might not speak in a mm-hmm. way that would command it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm curious as to how you would recommend HR professionals that maybe you're lacking that level of confidence or maybe don't feel that same sense of authority that you do to be able to have, have that sense of um, the ability and the freedom to, to, to speak your mind, especially when you know it's right and some, something's got to be done um, to, to, to continue to push the culture of your organization forward. I'm just curious mm-hmm. if you had a suggestion for that. I don't know about a suggestion, but 
I've, I've always told my team that if you're afraid to speak up, you're on, you're, you don't, you shouldn't be in HR because that's our job. And I promise them all that I will, will always have their back when they speak up with the right thing. And I think it's hard knowing that someone has your back, I think gives you more confidence. If someone doesn't have your back, it's really hard to say, how do you do that? But I guess at the end of the day, would you rather go down swinging by doing the right thing or not take a swing at, at the ball at all? And, you know, I don't know how you really like instill that in somebody. That's a hard question to answer. Yeah, but, no, I understand. I, I think there's a lot to that. There's a general safety that you feel that you can make mm -hmm. a mistake. And to your point, you said, say the right, say the thing and say the right thing. You'll support them all day long. And maybe when they say something, even though with confidence, it's not the right thing, I'm oh, sure right. you'll still support them anyway and Absolutely. give them, give them direct feedback and, and share that with them. I, I, I do agree. I, I, I don't think that the business community is supporting HR in the way that it needs to in a partnership as a central nervous system, as you describe as an important part of the body of, of a business. And when that doesn't happen, then you always kind of, you're always trying to check your back, right? Mm -hmm. and if I say something, am I going to, am I going to piss off the wrong person? And all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm not here anymore. Right. Uh, and, and that still doesn't feel like doing the right thing. Uh, although you have to, you have to protect your own personal interests, but. Right. That's, that's true. Well, you made me live for the first time on my podcast. I told you that was my last question, but I followed it up with another one. Thanks to your mm -hmm. speaking with authority comment. And I really appreciated you having, having you on the show today, Patty. Uh, especially the central nervous system relation. Uh, I think that's a, that's a really unique one. The fact that we need to be strategic and make decisions that we're going to have that are going to impact people in the business, just like you realize as a, a young psychology major and, and, and what you did when you selected that advisor, uh, recognizing the fact that you can't do anything within any organization without people mm -hmm. and that that cannot be uh, any, it's not really different from one business to another. It's just, we're still dealing with people and trying to get them to connect into the business. Your, your ability to create an environment for people's best work, right? Acknowledging their skill, giving them the freedom to be themselves and them being willing to be held accountable. Uh, we talked about courage and wisdom and the serenity prayer, which is mm -hmm. a profound piece of your success. Uh, being able to speak in that, that business language and also speak with a level of authority. So Really enjoyed having you on the show, and it was always great to see you. Same here. It was great. Thank you. You got it. Thank you for listening to the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please leave a rating or review, or better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR. HR.